Hey, just stay here a minute. Will you, will you band? Just stay right there a minute. You know, I throw a lot of songs at him. So does Pastor Damon. They get them all right. And I'm just amazed at how blessed we are to have them here. So let's give them a hand. Come on. been in a lot of churches, and uh, they don't take a back seat to anybody. So thank you so much, man. We love you. Here you're not welcome in my heart anymore, and I hope that uh, these last couple of weeks, that is your anthem, that you're going to fight fear as never before. Fear, you see, is one of the strongest emotions known to human beings. Fear is unbelievably powerful. It penetrates the heart, it poisons the spirit, and it paralyzes the soul. Now, there are situations in life where fear can be helpful to us. For example, when a semi-truck has crossed the center line of a two-lane highway and is headed toward your car. Fear, hopefully, will prompt you to swerve and avoid the potential collision. I thought the lights were down because no one wanted to see my face. <laughs> Jesus said this about another kind of helpful fear. He said, do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Have you ever heard of the word hatophobia? We did some phobias a couple weeks ago. Hatophobia. It's derived from two Greek words. The first part is Hades, which means hell. And the second part is phobos, which means fear. So, hatophobia is the fear of hell. And in one sense, hatophobia is normal and natural because the Bible tells us hell is a very scary place. Jesus described hell as a place of darkness a place of weeping, and a place of so much anguish that people are gnashing their teeth. So look at this warning. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Of all the hundreds of phobias and fears out there, hatophobia is not one that personally concerns me. Now, I say that not because I'm a pastor or I'm a member of a church. I say it because I know there's a place where my name is written that guarantees I don't have to fear going to hell when I die. 
In Revelation chapter 20, verses 14 and 15, we read, Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Read this with me now. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. I don't know what page number my name's on. I don't know if my name includes my initial, but I know my name is in the book of life. It's not there because of anything I've done. I can't do anything, you can't do anything to get your name in that book of life. But because of what Jesus has done for me, by his death on the cross, I have full assurance that my name's in that book. The world tends to make a joke out of hell. The world speaks flippantly of it. Hell becomes a mere curse word and people entertain thoughts that hell will be a place to go to party eternally with their friends. Nothing could be further from the truth. According to Jesus, hell is a fearsome and a dreadful place that you want to avoid at all costs. However, hateophobia should not be a part of any Christian's life. It's true that hell is a real place where unbelievers go. But you don't have to worry about it this morning. You don't have to fear it. You don't have to fear it if a powerful two-letter word, if, if you've placed your trust and faith in Jesus Christ and you've confessed your sins and you've been forgiven by him through repentance and confession of those sins, you don't have to worry about hateophobia in your life. Believers have this promise. Blessed and holy are those who have part in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them. The second death is mentioned four times in the book of Revelation. And it's synonymous with the lake of fire. It's called the second death because it's the death after the physical death that we'll all experience. And it is separation from God who is the giver of life. Personally, I find it so very, very sad that millions upon hundreds of millions of people who live on the earth, who don't believe the Bible when it comes to the afterlife. I'm dating myself here. Anybody remember Catherine Hepburn? Very famous actress. In fact, she won the Academy Award four times. And she made this statement on her 81st birthday. She said, I look forward to oblivion. She said, I don't fear the next world or anything. I don't fear hell, and I don't look forward to heaven. Now, Catherine Hepburn was a great actress. 
But the curtain went down permanently for her when she died. And we can assume that by her own words that she's missing out on the joy of heaven in the presence of God. This is the last message in our series, No Fear. And I want us to consider this thought. We all have to face death, but some don't have to fear death. Notice I said some. We all have to face death, but some don't have to fear death. Without God in your life, whether you're an Academy Award-winning actress or not, without God, you, my friends, better fear death. In one of the most beloved passages in the Bible, the good shepherd, Jesus, helps the sheep, his followers, know how to face their inevitable death without fear. Here's the passage that we're all familiar with. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters, he restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In present-day Israel, there is an actual valley called the Valley of the Shadow of Death. And the psalmist, David, compared that valley to physical death and knew that he would walk through the valley of death someday. Do you realize that human beings are the only living creatures that know they are born to die? The Old Testament word for though in this passage would be better translated when. And it would then read, even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. See, death will come to all of us. It's not a question of if, but it's a question of when. When. Reminds me of a story of two men, Carl and Sam. They were good friends and they were baseball fanatics and they loved the Cubs. Only way to wake some of you people up is say the word Cubs. Now, Carl and Sam agreed that whoever died first would try to communicate and tell the other one if there's baseball played in heaven. So one night, Sam dies in his sleep, and a, a few nights later, Carl is in bed, and he hears what he sounds like, Sam's voice, and he kind of raises up, and he said, Sam, is that you? And then he heard, yes, it's me. Carl said, man, I miss you, buddy, and I really want to know if there's baseball in heaven. Sam said, I've got some good news, and I've got some bad news. He said, Carl, the good news is there's baseball in heaven and the Cubs always win. The bad news, you're pitching tomorrow. <laughs> now, I know that's an old one that most of you have probably heard of before. Thank you for laughing anyway. 
Still makes me chuckle. But I want to warn you, don't try to contact the dead because that's called necromancy and the Bible forbids it. A shepherd could appreciate what David was saying in the 23rd Psalm. For one thing, shepherds knew about the time of the year when they would lead the sheep from the lowland pastures up into the higher pastures. As the snow would begin to melt off the mountains, it would give fresh water and the grass would begin to grow, something for the sheep to eat and drink. The shepherd would lead the sheep from the lowlands, which were now grazed over by the sheep, and he would take them where it was cooler and a more suitable environment for them. The reason the shepherd always took the sheep through the valley was the fact that going through the valley was the way for them to get to the higher ground. Every mountain has its valleys, and the best way and often the only way to get to the top of the mountain is through the valley. We must also remember that the trip through the valley is always a temporary trip. Didn't camp out in the valley. The shepherd's trip with his sheep from the lowlands may take hours, may actually take days, but it always ends. David didn't say that he went over the valley or down to the valley or up to the valley, but he said he walked through the valley. A valley is like an open tunnel with an entrance and an exit. You may not realize this this morning on the first Sunday of August, but you and I live in the valley of the shadow of death from the time we're born until the time we die. And what we're actually doing today is walking through that valley as we live out our individual lives. We enter the valley of the shadow of death when we're born, and which for me was January 31st, 1948. I know, I know, nobody's old older than me, I know. But because I was willing to give up my birth date, I want to know if you're willing to give up your birth date. So I'll take a moment here and stop and find out when you entered the valley. So on the count of three, what I want you to do is say out loud when you entered the valley of the shadow of death by saying your birthday. You say your month, you say your day, you say your year. I say, I don't want to tell how old I am. Come on. We're family. We know how old you are anyway. We've seen you. That was mean, wasn't it? I'm sorry. We probably have visitors here today, and they go, oh, my, what a guy. Okay, so are you ready? One, two, three. Give it up. You are old over here. So we enter the valley of the shadow of death at our birth, And there were a lot of dates and months and years put out. 
and we exit the valley when we die. And only God knows when that will be. The name of the valley we're in today isn't just the valley of death. It's the valley of the shadow of death. See, I, I see my shadow right here, and it makes me think I need to lose some weight. But, but I, I see it there. It's an image without a substance. You can chase that, that shadow all day long, and you'll never have substance. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you only face death's shadow. Donald Barnhouse was a pastor whose wife died leaving behind four children. And on the day of her funeral, he was driving his children to the church and they came to a stoplight. And at that stoplight, a huge truck pulled up beside them and cast a shadow over their car. Barnhouse looked at his grieving children and he said, children, look at the truck and then look at its shadow. He said, which would you rather be run over by? Would you rather be run over by the truck or the truck's shadow? One of his sons said, the shadow, because shadows can't hurt anybody. Their father said, children, Death is like that truck. But the only thing that you will ever that will ever touch you is like the shadow of the truck. Because the truck ran over Jesus when he was on the cross and when he died. The only thing left of that truck to run over those who love Jesus is the shadow of the truck. Barnhouse was right. This father trying to comfort his grieving children. Because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus, death, for those of us who are believers today, is just a shadow of its former self. The reason David said he didn't fear death is because someone was with him. He said, you are with me. In the first three verses of Psalm 23, David is talking about the shepherd. But in verse 4, he is talking to the shepherd. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David knew that sheep go through valleys or dangerous places, not alone, because the shepherd is always there with them. There's a wonderful, comforting passage in the book of Hebrews that says this, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Never, never. 
Jesus, our good shepherd, has promised to never leave us, to never forsake us, or abandon us. Whatever we are facing in the valley of the shadow of death as we walk through it. And I don't know about you, but this gives me hope for the journey I'm on. And it helps me not to fear death when it will come inevitably. One of my personal favorite passages from the Old Testament portion of the Bible was written by a man named Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah. And he writes this, But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. You see a pattern there? God is telling the Israelites, and roll it ahead many, many years, he's telling us today who follow Jesus that he's always going to be there for us. Because he loves us. Even through the most difficult and fearful and dangerous times in their lives, in our lives, he's going to take us through. He's going to take us through. Many of you in this room have had some very fearful experiences in your lives. I've known some fearful experiences. And if you'll think back, you probably felt closer to God at that time than maybe any other time in your life as you called upon him. His nearness and presence was there for you to see you through the fearful times. If you've lived very long, some of you already gave it up and so we know you have, you know that difficult and dangerous experiences are part of the human life. But here's the hope that we can carry in our hearts this morning. Our God will see us through every fearful experience, every one guaranteed, and I say amen to that. There's another beautiful psalm besides Psalm 23 that is often read at funerals. It's Psalm 116, verse 15. It says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. The word precious here means carefully attended to and watched over by the Lord. When a Christian dies, he or she always dies in God's time, and he or she always dies in God's sight. My mother loved Jesus with all of her heart. And one night many years ago, she died in her living room in a little house in Carlinville, Illinois. The coroner stated that she was alone 
at the time of her death. But in fact, my mother wasn't alone because God was there watching over her. God was there carefully attending to her through angelic beings, watching over her and caring for her in her final moments on earth. Someone has said, and I believe it's true, that no follower of Jesus dies alone. There may be no family member there, but no follower of Jesus dies alone. In Psalm 23, David gives another reason why he had no fear when he walked through the valley of the shadow of death. He said, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In the Middle East, you can go there today and see them still raising sheep like they did in Jesus' time. A shepherd only carried two tools. He carried a rod and he carried a staff. And the purpose of this little short rod was to guard the sheep. A shepherd would take bits of metal and he would drive them into the top of the knob on the rod. So he could use that rod to to kill snakes or, or drive off a predator. Whenever the sheep would see their shepherd with the rod in his hand, they knew the shepherd would guard them. The shepherd also had a staff. How many of you have ever seen a, a Christmas play and the shepherds with their staff? Sure. The rod was used to guard the sheep and protect the sheep, and the staff was used by the shepherd to guide the sheep and direct the sheep. And the staff, more than anything else, helps identify a shepherd as a shepherd. It was four to five feet long, and he had a crook on the end, and it was used to guide the sheep as they would walk along a dangerous or difficult path. The shepherd would take the tip of that staff where the crook was and lay it against the side of his sheep and apply some pressure to kind of guide the sheep to go where the shepherd wanted the sheep to go. Sometimes, as sheep often do, they would stray from the others and the shepherd would simply reach out with that staff and the crook of his staff and grab that sheep by the neck and pull it back with the others. Somehow the sheep knew that with the rod, the shepherd would guard and protect them, and with the staff, the shepherd would guide and direct them. In doing so, the shepherd would make sure they safely got through the valley on the way to the top of the mountain. So here's the takeaway for us from Psalm 23. If you walk with Jesus, the good shepherd, through the valley of the shadow of death, which is your physical life on earth, then Jesus will be with you and walk with you at the time of your death on your way to heaven, believer. If Jesus is your shepherd and you are one of his sheep this morning, 
He will guard and guide you on your journey to your eternal home. Every step of the way, no matter how long, no matter how difficult, no matter how fearful, how hard the journey is, he's there with you. With Jesus, our good shepherd watching over us, fears may come. No, fears will come. But he will always be there with us. Even when we face the ultimate fear, which is death. The Apostle Paul, who was executed and martyred for his faith, he wrote this passage Where, O death, is your victory? And I can just hear the Apostle Paul saying, There is no victory in death. Where, O death, is your sting? And Paul saying, there is no sting in death for those who know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Yes, we will die, but that death will be a shadow of what it could have been if we would have not known Jesus as our Savior and Lord. Death is going to come to all of us, but we don't have to fear death if we know Jesus as our Lord and our Savior and our Good Shepherd. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you today that as we go through this valley of the shadow of death, walking through life, doing our lives, death is not usually something we think a lot about. Although, Lord, I heard this morning that a member of our church died today. So, Lord, it does happen. We know that. We've lost family members and friends and colleagues by way of death. So death is going to take place in all of our lives. It's not if. It's when. But we know that as the good shepherd watches over the sheep, our good shepherd watches over us. And as we walk faithfully with you in this life, you will be there for us at the end of our lives. And you will take us home to be with you where there is no more death, where there is no more sorrow, where there are no more tears or pain or suffering. And so we thank you that you are our good shepherd today. And we thank you that this fear that binds so many people whether they're Christians or not, the fear of death, we can be set free from it today because we know that you have our lives and our best interest and our comings and goings in your hand. And we trust you today. Lord Jesus, our good shepherd, we trust you today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. God bless you.